The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. It may be December, but mark your calendars now for February the 28th. That is the date for our 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. We have announced the winners this year's class of companies that have fewer than 25 employees and doing great things will be honored on February the 28th. You can go out on January the 1st at 25under25.com and get your tickets. We'd love to see all of you down at the Marriott Mule Box Imperial Ballroom on February 28th to help us celebrate these 25 companies. And you can also get a list of those companies at 25under25.com. So go ahead and check that out and we'll see you on February the 28th. Our guest today is Phil Sklar. He's the co-founder and CEO of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Before he got this idea to create a National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, Phil was um, he was a senior auditor at Ernst & Young. I'm really curious to find out how you go from being a senior auditor at Ernst & Young to um, Bobblehead Museum, sure. museum founder, and uh, we'll talk about that. But in addition to bobbleheads, Phil enjoys watching sports, traveling, playing tennis, and spending time with his dog, Natalie. So welcome to the show today, Phil. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. Yeah, back to my question. You were you were an auditor at a major firm. Uh, great job, it sounds like. Why bobbleheads? Actually, uh, I went from Ernst & Young, uh, that was about five years ago, to corporate finance. Uh, so I spent about five years in corporate finance after my three years at Ernst & Young. And, uh, you know, I was working my way up the corporate ladder. Uh, I was an assistant finance leader for about a $500 million business segment of a public company headquartered in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, so just north of Milwaukee. And, you know, it was something that I wasn't really passionate about. And uh, I wanted to do something that I was passionate about, something that, you know, I wanted to spend my day on. I didn't want to look at the clock and hope that it was 5, 6 o'clock and time to leave. And, you know, leading up to announcing the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame Museum about a month ago, uh, we had spent about six months working really hard behind the scenes. So I basically had two full-time jobs because I was working, you know, a pretty rigorous day job and then coming home and working on the weekends to develop the concept for the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. And, you know, I was realizing that the time that I was spending on the Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum was really enjoyable. I didn't want that you know, the clock to strike midnight or two o'clock and have to go to bed because I had to wake up the next morning for, for my corporate job. So that's when I really knew that, you know, I needed to do something that I was more passionate about that I really wanted to work on. Well, what led to your interest in bobbleheads that made you so passionate about them that now you're on this quest to create this National Bobblehead Hall of Fame? How did all that in, How did all that start? Yeah, well, I think it was a combination of several factors. So the other co-founder, my good friend, uh, Brad, 
really brought the first bobblehead to our collection, and we've been roommates for several years and great friends since uh, growing up together in Rockford, Illinois, which is where we're originally from. And, you know, we got the first bobblehead, and, you know, we're both sports fans, so we'd go to, you know, sports events, and we'd circle the dates on the calendar for bobblehead games, and soon our collection, you know, grew to a dozen, and we'd get you know, a couple extra bobbleheads, we'd naturally get two at least, uh, but sometimes we'd have friends go with us and we'd trade those bobbleheads for other bobbleheads and that were outside of the area. And soon, you know, we had a hundred and then a thousand. And right now we have about 3000 and we were brainstorming, you know, what can we do with this collection? Uh, you know, bobbleheads are meant to be fun. They're, you know, something that people enjoy, whether they have a couple at work or several dozen in their man cave at home. Uh, you know, we wanted to do something to share our collection with other people. Um, we didn't want to sell off the collection, but we were to the point where we just didn't have room uh, to keep growing the collection. And so that's when we sort of brainstormed, and I had a 30-minute commute, so I was, you know, brainstorming constantly, listening to, you know, entrepreneurial things on the radio and just trying to come up with something something that was unique and something that was, you know, not really copyable, uh, something that would give us a sustainable competitive advantage and, you know, that's when we developed the idea for the Hall of Fame and Museum. And we also, you know, have traveled uh, all over the country. We're on sort of a baseball uh, stadium mission to go mm-hmm. to as all the Major League Baseball stadiums. So we've been to 25 of them so far. And, uh, you know, we visited a lot of museums and Hall of Fames and unique attractions in the city. So I think that sort of helped shape the idea for creating this unique attraction uh, to really bring the world's largest bobblehead collection together uh, and also a lot of fun, unique attractions, uh, all bobblehead related to go along with that big collection. You have 3,000 plus bobbleheads. What, give us an idea of some of the pieces that you have in your collection. Sure. So the collection has a lot of a uh, very unique uh, range of, of bobbleheads. So everything from sports to pop culture and, you know, anything in between. So we've really built up a, a collection that has, you know, a very diverse set of bobbleheads from, you know, older, a few older bobbleheads to, you know, the newest bobbleheads that are just coming out and get, being given away by teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have, you know, a lot of local bobbleheads, but we have bobbleheads from, you know, coast to coast and, uh, you know, from New York to San Francisco, really. Uh, and a lot of mascot bobbleheads and player bobbleheads from every era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the exciting things since announcing has been just the number of people who want to donate uh, or loan their bobbleheads to the Hall of Fame and Museum. So, you know, that's going to be another way that the collection really builds up and, you mm-hmm. know, gets diversified and have, you know, a, a exciting collection. There's also, you know, some three-foot bobbleheads out there that are uh, pretty cool to see. We'll have some of those. And then also there's a 17-foot Conan O'Brien bobblehead oh that they made for the show that we're trying to to get uh, to display in the Hall of Fame and Museum. Right. You mentioned you have them from coast to coast. It sounds like you have primarily uh, sporting figures, but obviously others as well. And you mentioned that you have them from stadiums coast to coast. Is is bobblehead collecting an American phenomenon, or do you get interest internationally? You know, it is more of an American phenomenon, and just for some reason, they really have caught on in the U.S. and also Canada. Uh, but, you know, outside the U.S., it's more of a, a really, really niche thing. Um, you know, there are people who are interested. Uh, Italy has a lot of bobbleheads for some reason. Um, but 
outside of the U.S., it's not as big of a of a phenomenon where mm-hmm. you know teams are really using it to draw attendance at sporting events. Uh, that really hasn't happened yet outside of the U.S. to the degree that it has here, where you know a lot of teams are giving away between five and ten bobbleheads a year uh, at baseball or hockey uh, basketball games as well. Right. You mentioned that you're well. You didn't mention we're talking almost as if it exists. This national bobblehead hall of fame it the museum the actual museum doesn't physically exist yet but you have a kickstarter campaign to fund the building of one can you talk with us about that yeah so right now it is just a vision and it's online uh, at bobbleheadhall.com which is our website so we spent a lot of time building that up getting feedback from a lot of bobblehead collectors and getting prepared to you know to launch this vision and to share our vision with everyone um so you know, the Kickstarter campaign we launched the same day that we announced the Hall of Fame and Museum uh, to make, you know, it made sense for us to do that. Um, and so the Kickstarter campaign is uh, we're seeking $250,000 to really fund the building, uh, the initial build out of the Hall of Fame and Museum. And so that goal is to have, you know, to display the world's largest collection and also build several displays and uh, unique interactive uh, attractions for people. So Mm -hmm. whether it's the history of bobbleheads or a 3D bobblehead printer where people come in, get their picture taken, and then an hour or two later when they leave, they have a bobblehead of themselves customized uh, to take with them. So that's, yeah, there's a lot of unique things that we're really uh, excited to be able to offer um, if we can get the Kickstarter funded. And obviously, you know, the Kickstarter isn't the be-all and end-all. We have backup plans. Uh, We have several interested investors. So there's, you know, that's our first step, just to Mm -hmm. test the market um, and see, you know, how, if people are receptive to the idea. Um, And so far, the response has been really exciting. Um, People have have really enjoyed it. It's just getting them to, you know, hop on board, whether it's a dollar contribution or uh, a $50 or above contribution. Mm -hmm. And people who back the Kickstarter campaign get a lot of uh, great benefits as well. Yeah. Uh, how long does the campaign go on? Sure. The, we did a 60-day campaign just because it was a new idea. Uh, that's the maximum that Kickstarter allows. So it goes through January 17th. That right. be the final day. So so just about a month uh, yep. that, that you can still get out there. And, and tell us the website again. Yep. The website is bobbleheadhall.com. And the Kickstarter link is on there as well. Okay, so bobbleheadhall.com, and you can uh, click through to the Kickstarter link from there. That goes on until January the 17th. If you make a donation, what are some of these benefits that you mentioned? Sure, so the starting donation is a dollar. For $5 uh, contribution, you get a unique bumper sticker as well as permanent recognition. Uh, in the Hall of Fame and Museum, we have a really cool... Um, donor and member wall that we have had designed. Um, so you get your name on there permanently. And for $10, you get a ticket to come to the Hall of Fame and Museum when it opens, as well as the other two benefits from the $5 category. So you're basically, you know, kickstarting us now and getting the benefit uh, a little bit later, but you'll also get, you know, the name recognition on the website. Um, and then from there, there's a $20 membership level uh, that you receive if you contribute $20. And the key benefit for the $50 level, and we also have a $50 membership option, so it doesn't really matter if you buy it on the website or do it through Kickstarter, is a founding member bobblehead. So we made a gold edition 
founding member Bobblehead, and there's only 1,500 of them, limited edition and individually numbered. So that's been the key driver so far, and it's really driven members in uh, almost a little over 30 states now. Hmm. Uh, so that's uh, really exciting, and those just came in last week, so we're shipping those out, having oh. those shipped out to our members, and they're getting those in and you know, posting pictures on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. and So it's exciting to see uh, some of that excitement building. What, what does the founding member bobblehead look like? What is it? Yeah, so it's one of the traditional uh, bobbleheads with that, uh, you know, young younger boy face uh, holding a baseball bat and, or baseball and glove. Um, he's wearing a jersey with the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum uh, logo on the hat and uh, writing across his chest for the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Mm. Uh, the back of it says founding member and established 24, or 14. Okay. Or All right. You also have some sort of a competition started or about to start for a mascot? Yes, exactly. So the $50 membership level also includes a bobblehead of the mascot once it's designed. And so we're going to be announcing the full details soon, but we have some information on the website. It'll be a national competition for children uh, to design a mascot. So we really want kids to be creative. There's a lot of unique mascots out there. Uh, One of them that comes to mind is the Philly Fanatic. Uh, The Kansas City Royals have a unique mascot, Slugger. Yep. yeah, there's a lot of unique mascots. So we want something out of the box, something that can really be, you know, easily identified with the Hall of Fame Museum. And we want kids to be able to use their creativity to design a mascot that we can have for the Hall of Fame Museum for, you know, for years to come. Where's this museum going to be located if when it's built, if it's built? Sure. So we've looked at a lot of locations in Milwaukee, and we're really going to wait till the Kickstarter ends to, you know, narrow the list down. But we are are really open right now. Um, there's a new arena debate going on for the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA team. Um, so, And we've talked to the, all the major and minor league teams in Milwaukee area, and they're all excited about the idea and really um, hoping to help us in any way that they can, uh, just because there's such a, you know, they all give away bobbleheads. There's that, you know, it's a, it's a no-brainer to work with the teams and to find ways to partner with them. Um, so there's the opportunity to be in the new Bucks development because they want something that's going to be more than just an arena. It'll be mm-hmm, more of an arena mm-hmm. district. Um, there's also the area by Miller Park, the baseball stadium, uh, which would be a natural fit as well. Um, and then there's also where Pabst Brewery was headquartered, has been redeveloped, and that's just uh, right on the outskirts of downtown. Uh, and that's a, a really cool development. But we've looked at a lot of places. We have several options. We're also being courted by some cities that are out just outside of Milwaukee who would like to have this uh, in their area. So, you know, we'll have some of that friendly competition, I'm sure, and when we make a, a decision in mm-hmm. terms of location. Okay, so the Milwaukee area, uh, in, in some degree, whether it's in Milwaukee at one of these more notable sites that you were describing or outside, uh, because it is absolutely Absolutely getting a lot of attention, it sounds like. We're going to take a quick break, Phil. When we get back, I want to talk more about the museum itself and in addition to the bobbleheads, what visitors could expect to find there, what the experience will be like. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills, and kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. 
So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala Saturday, February 28th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsor UMB for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Reserve your tickets starting January 1st at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Phil Sklar. He's the co-founder and the CEO of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Currently, he and his partner Brad have a Kickstarter campaign that will last until January the 17th to raise funds for the building of this National Bobblehead Museum. So, Phil, let's talk about the museum itself. You obviously you want to keep it in Milwaukee if you can, it sounds like. And then the museum, when you build it, are you looking at an existing structure or are you thinking of building a building from scratch? What, what are your thoughts there? Sure, we've looked at both options. I think at this point we're leaning towards an existing building just because there are so many existing buildings, and there's also a lot of unique existing buildings where, you know, lofted ceilings or mm-hmm. um, some really cool properties that, you know, I could, we could easily see this fitting into, um, although we're open to both options. But, you know, I think there's a great opportunity to really take an existing infrastructure that exists and and really create something exciting and unique in it for people in Milwaukee and, you know, visitors to enjoy. Well, some of the uh, venues that you mentioned have cool histories, too, that I think could be part of the attraction. So, yeah. Exactly. I think the only one that would probably be from scratch would be if it was in the New Bucks uh, mm-hmm. development and that's mm-hmm. going to be that's still site to, to be determined so um and that's fits along with the timeline because right now we're anticipating an opening if everything goes as planned in 2016 um and the box new development would be uh in its final stages in 2016 or 2017 if, if things go according to their plans but obviously there's a lot of question marks um, on their end with what they're doing right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you get this built whether it's a new building or whether it's within an existing building, what can visitors expect in terms of the experience when they come to visit the museum? Yeah, so what we're looking to create is a really fun, you know, fun experience. Bobbleheads are meant to be fun. Uh, they're, you know, by nature, the head's bobbling. You know, it's just something people smile when they see a bobblehead. Um, so we want to, you know, really emphasize the fun aspect of it. Um, when they walk in, you know, they'll see <clears throat> thousands of bobbleheads. Um, and the Miami Marlins have a bobblehead display um, in their ballpark right now with about 600 baseball-specific bobbleheads. Um, and we've talked, I've talked to the president of the Marlins, and they're extremely supportive. They sent us 
20 bobbleheads. One of the unique features is that they really brought in was the shelves that just wiggle very slightly just so the heads bobble uh, continually. So that's something that they're going to share with us and we'll, you know, build that in. So the heads bobble. Uh, there'll also be, you know, a lot of exhibits, the history of bobbleheads. Uh, people will be able to pick specific bobbleheads on an iPad or on a uh, computer device and be able to see the story behind the bobblehead. One that I really like is uh, Rick Monday was an outfielder for the Cubs, and the Dodgers actually gave away a bobblehead of him a couple of years ago. He was an outfielder in the 70s, and at a game in the, at Dodger Stadium, uh, a protester went out and was going to burn uh, the United States flag, and he ran, snatched it up, and ran off the field so that they couldn't burn the flag. That was during the Vietnam uh, protest period. Mm-hmm. And they made a bobblehead of that and gave it away at Dodger Stadium to to honor him. So that I mean, there's a lot of unique stories behind each bobblehead, uh, and we really want to showcase those stories. It's not just a doll. It's something that has a meaning behind it, and people will be able to you know dig deeper, whether it's watching a YouTube video of Rick Monday explaining what happened um, or you know a video of the actual event. Um, also, the 3D bobblehead printer that I mentioned before has really... Uh, gotten people excited, you know, to go in. Right now, you go into a museum, you get your picture taken, and when you leave, you can walk out with a picture mm-hmm, of yourself. Mm-hmm. This is taking that sort of the next level. You walk in, get your picture taken, and walk out with the bobblehead of yourself. Yeah, that, uh, that's pretty cool yeah. technology. It's amazing. Now, you also are going to have some bobble-themed events, from what I understand. Yeah, so we're looking to have uh, several bobblehead-themed events, whether it's um, autograph signings, especially of players who have had bobbleheads. So a lot of people like to have their bobbleheads signed. Um, we'll also have weddings when we can do custom bobbleheads, uh, the same with you know bar mitzvahs or uh, quinceaneras or other events. So we'll have some event space um, and be able to have some events. The other thing is the Hall of Fame aspect uh, is pretty unique, just uh, giving fans and maybe some sports writers, the opportunity to build, uh, to pick the bobbleheads that are really set above all the others. And those bobbleheads each year will get voted into the Hall of Fame. So there will be a unique plaque. Um, if you've seen you know, the other Hall of Fames, like in Canton, Ohio, is the Football Hall of Fame, the players that are in there have a bust of their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Cooperstown, they have a plaque. Um, so we'll have something similar to that where the bobblehead will be um, on a unique plaque featuring information about it, but those will be, you know, the most unique bobbleheads or the bobbleheads that the fans really felt should be, you know, immortalized into the Hall of Fame. And you also have plans for a restaurant at some point once this gets going. Yeah, so the restaurant is another thing that we're really excited about and something that, you know, can really make this uh, a scalable and and really large, uh, larger scale business model. Um, So the restaurant is something that we see as a sports bar meets bobblehead museum. So the... (laughs) The sports bar, you know, obviously with the bobblehead theme is, is natural. And then, you know, in Milwaukee, it would be all Wisconsin-themed bobbleheads. But we could also bring that to other places. So, you know, Kansas City could all be all Kansas City-themed bobbleheads. And New York could be New York. Chicago would have Chicago. And, you know, there are so many bobbleheads in each of the major cities, you know, hundreds if not thousands in each major city, that it could be a really cool way for uh, people to enjoy a you know, great dinner and some entertainment sports and looking around at a lot of different bobbleheads that, you know, could rotate as well so that there's new bobbleheads each time they come in. Uh, and we're working with a local couple local restaurant operators to in preliminary discussions about the restaurant concept. 
So it sounds like you have a lot going on. You quit your job at Ernst & Young and, and your financial services job. What are you doing to, you know, all entrepreneurs have to make that leap at some point to where they're all in. You've done that. How are you, I mean, there's a lot of risk inherent in that. How are you supporting yourself and, and what is your plan if this doesn't work out? Because as we all know, the best laid plans, you know, sometimes they just don't materialize. So, you know, from an entrepreneurial aspect, how are you dealing with all that? Sure. Yeah. And I know that that leap is the hardest part to make the decision to go into your boss's office and say, you know, I'm quitting uh, to follow my <laughs> this passion and to start a new business. Uh, so that, yeah, that definitely was, uh, to get to that point was hard. But once, you know, once I knew it, that I wanted to do this, it was more of an easier uh, decision for me. But leading up to that, it was, you know, a lot of, you know, when do I do it? How do I do it? Uh, how do I make that decision? Um, and you obviously have to prepare. I think that's an important part is to prepare yourself both, you know, financially and mentally for the challenges that are coming. Um, the, one of the other ways that we are bringing in income at this point is with custom bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. So we're working with teams and individuals, organizations to create custom bobbleheads and also to help them market those bobbleheads. Um, and we we focused on right now sort of the fringes. Um, which we consider like the high schools and the companies that have mascots. Uh, nobody's really going after them at this point, so we're we're focusing on those. And we can make custom bobbleheads from one to you know seven billion if we mm-hmm. if we wanted mm-hmm. to. So that that's really been uh, another way that we're going to. Um, sustain ourselves now and also build the business going forward. Yeah, I never thought about that before. If you can make custom bobbleheads and be able to penetrate the high school sports teams, my gosh, what a fundraiser, you know, collaborating with the school, what a fundraiser for the school, and you also earn an, an alternate income stream. That's a pretty fascinating idea, actually. Yeah, and, and we started out with, you know, you start off with what you know. I think that's always something important and something I've I've learned. Uh, but we you started with the high school that we went to, mm-hmm. uh, myself and the other co-founder, and then we reached out to a school who had their mascot uh, vandalized, and we wanted to help them with a fundraiser. Um, and so we've started with people that we know, but we've branched out. And we, you know, we had to pull back a little bit just because the response was, uh, you know, pretty su- substantial. Um, but we're excited to be able to, you know, really work with schools across the country and we're refining things, you know, you learn. I think that's one of the exciting things about, you know, entrepreneurship is you learn something, you know, every day, every hour, uh, and you can continually revise and, and pivot and do things, you know, a little differently uh, for better results the next time you do it. Oh, right. It sounds like you've been learning a lot along the way. For those of of our listeners who would like to go out and check out your website, perhaps contribute to your Kickstarter campaign over the next 30 days, where would they go to do that? One more time. Sure. It's uh, www.bobbleheadhall.com, and the Kickstarter link is on there on the website uh, in several places. And there's also, you can look, learn more about the history of bobbleheads. You can check out um, information about custom bobbleheads. If you're looking to get a custom bobblehead, there's a lot of information, pictures, and we're continually building up the website. Uh, the website will really be a virtual Hall of Fame and Museum mm-hmm. for people who aren't able to get to the Hall of Fame and Museum uh, in person, and they'll be able to see a lot of the exhibits and the bobbleheads uh, online. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been out there, and, and even though you're still building it, what's out there is a lot of fun. So uh, best of luck to you, Phil. It sounds like a, a really fun concept, and I uh, would love to stay in touch and find out when it actually materializes. Sounds like uh, you're on the path to getting that done, though. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. I appreciate it, and I look forward to giving you updates, hopefully, uh, as we progress and build a physical Hall of Fame museum in Milwaukee for people uh, all over the place to enjoy. Looking forward to it. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.